0: Welcome to the Pioneers in Europe podcast, where we explore the opportunities and challenges of church building across Europe. All right, well, today we're joined by two people working in London, and we are joined by Andrew and Kefas. Welcome, Andrew and Kephas. Thank Thanks for having you, us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm excited to hear uh, about what the Lord is doing in your lives, the ministry. Um, and, and first of all, let, let's start with you, Andrew. Um, tell us about uh, your story a little bit and how you found your way to London.
1: Um, well, it's definitely an adventure. Um, I was working as a teacher overseas. Um, And as I was working overseas um, within the Middle East, I felt a burden to basically be reaching people um, who were outside of the Middle East, uh, where there was just more freedom to declare the gospel, um, to share about who Jesus was. And there's some miraculous events within the story, but essentially I find myself on a spring break trip to London, And people keep telling me there's incredible opportunity to freely share the gospel. There's so many nations that come and call London home, and that began the journey of wow. I really think that God is leading me towards being in London, Um, and so I've been here for about a year and a half now. That's
0: great. And Kethus, what about you? Your story is a little bit different.
2: Yeah, it's definitely different. I found myself in London in response to um, a burden by my church denomination, which was founded by missionaries from Britain, anyway, in 1904. So kind of my church denomination came to the realization that it would seem this nation that was fervent and was a a, a missionary-sending nation suddenly has gone cold, and what we the church was hearing about the state of the gospel uh, wasn't encouraging, and the church decided after prayer that um, they would send someone there um, to, to, to cooperate and walk along with Pioneers UK members in London particularly to see how the work of the Lord can be furthered to reach the many nations that they heard uh, were coming to the UK. So, my church denomination sent me here, and you can imagine, um, without being a part of the decision and uh, uh, suddenly finding myself in a nation that I never dreamt I would come to present the gospel, it was quite a challenge. But, yeah, here we are. God has been faithful um, in in um, starting his work and I've just planted uh, after about six years now, We're in wow. our seventh year, yeah
0: wow yeah i love that we have both of you on this call uh, from different nations and now in london uh, which is really a city of nations and uh, it's a, a massive a massive city it's one of the premier cities in the world but tell us a little bit about just the nations that are that represented in london and the opportunity that is there for you guys well i was speaking
1: to a friend um recently and I think his word for London was diversity. And I was thinking about it more and more. And then I realized, I remembered, it, it's just, I run into people from everywhere in the world. Their parents might have lived somewhere else, and they moved here. And it's about 40% of people here, their background is not um, English, British. And so it's, it's a place of melting pot. Um, Most of the time, I can't guess where someone might be from because there's just an incredible diversity of people.
2: Yeah, I agree with Andrew completely because that's been my experience also. Um, For me, the word that has best described the people in London has been a melting pot because I've met people from nations of the world that I had never heard Uh, (laughs) and I've have run into circumstances, different cultures, um, that, that I've never known existed, which have posed a challenge even in how to approach people. So yeah, uh, London is 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 the is a microcosm of the whole world. It's the place where it would seem you can you can meet the whole world, find uh, represented.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, And did I did I read there's about ten million people in that city? Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, within that region. So, Kephas, uh, you, you told us, you mentioned how uh, missionaries had been sent to your country long ago, and then about 100 years later now, the, the need is back in London. So talk to us a little bit. You, you mentioned there's a lot of nations, but there's also just kind of British culture. So I imagine there's a lot of challenges, uh, diff- different resistances to the gospel uh, as you do your work. What, what are some of the the resistances and challenges that you face on a daily basis in London? Yeah, you're right, Mark.
2: Um, in coming to uh, the United Kingdom, my assumption leaving Nigeria was I was going to come to a country where I will meet typically just British English people since um, the assumption is London is a city of the, the English people and the, the capital city of of uh, United Kingdom. So I thought um, it would be uh, easy dealing with just one culture. So I found myself uh, in a in in a, in a city that each morning you could go out on street evangelism and meet people from different cultures, and you would meet different people, which makes it difficult for you to uh, adequately be prepared for how to present the gospel. So if you are thinking, okay, this is the best way to approach a person from a particular culture. The next day you meet someone from a different culture who who is just opposite to the person you had interacted with and you thought you were getting to understand the previous day. And then I found out that uh, trying to reach the English people here, I wasn't prepared for the typical English culture. Uh, coming from Africa and Nigeria, where you would boldly meet a person on the street and confront him about spiritual issues, I, I was kind of shocked to find that that was considered very offensive, and that was forward. So, so I had to kind of rethink my whole idea about presenting the gospel and, uh, and, and engaging in discussions with people and uh, i had nasty experiences but some were were understandable uh, so it took time for me to outgrow some of these approaches i had in nigeria and in uh, the african nations in applying them here uh, uh, it's been it's not been um easy so so uh, yeah it's been pretty yeah. difficult
0: yeah
1: Thank it's a pretty right. intense challenge. Hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. What about you, Andrew? You've been there a year and a half. What are, what are you seeing in that time?
1: Um, well, I think this might be best described through um, one of my conversations I had with a Moroccan guy in his 20s um, on the street in a busy market area. His name's Nabil. And he approached me. I was giving out some free gospel literature, Gospel of John, and he just challenged me and asked and said, is that the real gospel? I heard that the real gospel didn't exist. And it launched into this conversation of him saying, you know, I don't really see Christians live their faith out here. I don't even see them have very many ethics that lead their lives. Um, do Christians have ethics? And it was a really incredible just opportunity to explain, like, you know, we I believe that Jesus died for my sins. And this was the first time to be able to ever heard a Christian articulate, we do need to repent for our sins. We do understand that God is merciful, but we we need this sacrifice. And it was a great conversation. Went for about maybe 30, 40 minutes of just back and forth. Um, But the the way that so many Christians have presented um, themselves here. And there's so many faithful Bible-believing Christians, but this Muslim guy hadn't encountered any yet. Um, and there was a statistic um, among people in London. Very few of them even have a Christian friend they know. So the witness for the gospel um, is, is very minimal within this sea of 10 million people or more.
0: Wow.
1: Yes, and again, just from a,
0: from a place of just such a deep Christian history, and to think that people don't even know uh, their history or the gospel—that's—that's that's, what a challenge you guys face there. Yeah,
2: you're right. Um, you know, I, I encountered that challenge in a unique way. Like Andrew said, I, I discovered that there isn't the Christian witness I would have expected in Nigeria. But I found out also that there is a silent and um, successful christian presence that is just different from what i knew for instance it would appear that most of the churches were involved in a lot of christian ministry but you from a social perspective and not from the street evangelism and person to person encounters and sharing of the faith. There are some people that do that, but most of those that engage in open person to person sharing of the gospel are found to be um, to be uh, non-British people. I, for mm-hmm. me, uh, one of the interesting things that I encountered was when I was becoming dis- discouraged about um, the lack of openness of people. To the sharing of the gospel, the Lord began to open the doors to the ministry for us through a, a, an interesting outlet, the the uh, the drunks and alcoholics and the homeless people that were on the street. There was this day we were coming out of church, and then an alcoholic just met me, and he, he, he just engaged me in a discussion. Now, I was wondering whether to leave this drunk person or just stay there and talk with him. But um, God God, God challenged me as to the fact that he may be drunk, but if he would speak to me about God, then it could be that um, he he needed the Savior. And we got into discussions, and I found out that that became the door by which the Lord opened for us to reach other homeless groups because our conversation continued the next day. And in meeting him and talking with him, he gathered other homeless people. And the first fruit that the Lord brought was a homeless mm. alcoholic who gave his life to Christ. Eventually, he died. His name is James. He is the one person that we feel so excited about and uh, we, we celebrate. Because through him, the Lord has taught us not to despise anyone. And with Mm -hmm. the Lord bringing a man like that from an alcoholic to one who accepted Christ and, 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 and has died and hopefully has gone to be with the Lord, it's as though the Lord showed us, look, we should look beyond the outward appearance and persist. And in that regard, we found out that, yeah, there are discouraging situations, but there are moments that god opens the door and and through unexpected means uh, and and the gospel just finds um acceptance
0: there yeah, yeah. Right. praise the lord for that yeah. thanks for sharing that story um you, you guys have both mentioned just again the diversity the challenges uh, i imagine that there just has to be a a pretty pretty strong de- uh dependence on the holy spirit's leading uh, a, a knowing, a, a loving of the gospel yourself, and then just a kind of an openness to see uh, what 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 each. Normally, as workers go into a country, they spend a lot of time learning that particular culture. But but you've mentioned that you just, so many cultures are in in front of you every day. So <laughs> is there is there particular cultures that you're you're working with? Uh, yourselves on a weekly basis or is it just really a a new kind of people group
1: every day? Um, So having studied um, Arabic, I've focused a lot on North Africa, Middle East. um, And I would say even within that really wide range, there's a diversity of cultures, people, um, and it's amazing who you will meet um, in those conversations. And I think, Part of the challenge is addressing and dismantling the misconceptions they have about what does it mean to be a Christian. Um, what does your do? You really have real faith? Do you live it out in a holy and godly way? Um, so that's been a particular challenge um, as you speak to very devout people who are very intent on living. In a very, um, even sometimes severe way, of practicing and showing their religious, um, their religious fervor. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: in my my case is, is, I think, unique in the sense that I wasn't sent uh, uh, to to a particular people group. Maybe because my church didn't quite know the composition of people in London. So I was sent to just plant a church and admit and reach out to every person that the Lord will bring my way. So imagine that I have found myself in a country where it seems like we said earlier, every day you go out on the street, you could meet someone from a different culture. How do you prepare for that except with the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit? So I've learned to go out each day in faith, not knowing what the Lord will do, how he will do it, who he will cause me to meet, uh, and to just be ready to share the word with anybody and with everybody. And I tell you, as a result, sometimes you come back discouraged because you, you... you hurt people unintentionally because it seems you have not understood their culture and so have not been able to enter into that culture in a manner that is acceptable. By the time you go and you understand how you err in conversation or how you try to present the gospel, you, you go back and it's a different person you meet. But as we, as I depend on the Holy Spirit, as I rely on him I find him helping more and more with conversations on a daily basis. The Lord has had to kind of teach me afresh and anew. For now, however, um, it would seem the Lord has helped me to work more with the Nigerian population that is here to train and equip them to be instruments by which we can reach out to more people so that instead of just my wife and I being the people that do the work, going out on the street, reaching out to people, we now have the Lord is raising a group that he is equipping and training and um, helping them to see that, yes, though they live here as diaspora citizens, maybe they came here with their jobs or something, but there's something more that the Lord has in store for them to present the gospel.
0: That's amazing. Yes. Well, talk to me a little bit about, uh, and maybe Andrew, you can start with this one. Um, obviously the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few, uh, just an overwhelming spiritual, physical need in, in the city of London. And so um, what would you hope, obviously you, you'd like to see more workers come alongside you, but uh, what, what kind of how would you describe it, the ideal kind of worker that was would come and join your team? Um,
1: I, I think part of what we just talked about someone who is willing to be very prayerful and reliant on God's leading and Holy Spirit. What they initiate, what projects, or they might invest their time in, um, because I found that. You can be very busy in this city with a lot of socially good programs, but then the gospel is not being shared. Um, And so I think that resourcefulness of praying, leaning into God for inspiration, how to use your passions and gifts is one of those key things um, that we would really uh, desire from our teammate. Um, Because there needs to be laborers here who are waiting for God to present those opportunities um, and be bold to be able to share. Um, it does take time, as Kephas has alluded, to figure out, okay, how do I articulate this um, and it, and want to share with passion and zeal, but not offend? Mm,
2: yeah. Yeah I, think, what about I you, with, yeah, I agree with what uh, Andrew has said. I will just say the person, whoever the Lord wants to bring here should be sure and be clear about what the Lord is asking him or her to come and do, and and be ready to be committed to it in addition to all that Andrew has said. Because if one is not sure of your call, you could be so discouraged and uh, feel feel, uh, unsuccessful, and uh, frustration could drive someone out of London. It's a hard ground, but nothing is too difficult for God. Just be sure that this is where the Lord... Wants you, and there's so much that needs to be done. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Well, how can we be praying for you guys or, or people that you're reaching right now uh, as listeners?
1: Um, Go for it, Kfos.
2: Yeah, I think for me, I pray pray for that the Lord will continually give us a trace that He would give insight as to how to best present the gospel with every person that we meet and each time we go out. Because the difference, uh, there are different people and the Lord is never lacking for strategy. Uh, pray for wisdom. Pray for, pray for the grace to remain uh, motivated. Because there are times that we are seriously, I am seriously discouraged. Pray nice. for the grace to remain motivated. Pray for the grace to be prayerful for us, the workers, because yeah. it's not going to be possible to succeed here without a deeply committed prayerful attitude.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think to echo that, um, that that prayer would really um, be for us, not only just that attitude for us to be relying on God, but um, unity. Um, unity even among people who are passionate of seeking out to share the gospel, Um, uh, just a joyful generosity among believers to work together. Um, And I I even would ask that you pray for our team to have really energy, endurance, um, to continue to faithfully share with every opportunity that we have. Um, Yeah. Well,
0: amen. I... I look forward to praying for these things with you guys and seeing how the Lord continues to move. It, it seems, uh, what I heard several times, it's a challenge, but it's also just an amazing opportunity. And and the spirit is leading in unique ways and, uh, you just have to really be prayer dependent and spirit led. And so we'll be praying for those things for you guys. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. And, uh, uh, just sharing a little bit of a, a window into the world of uh, the UK and London and uh, your hearts for the nations there. Um, and like I said, we'll be praying for you guys. Thank you. Thank, you, Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Thanks for listening today. Be sure to check out our website, pioneersineurope.com where you can explore how the Lord might use you for His glory among the people.